Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we've got our last mailbag. Last mailbag, last time you're going to hear from our friend Steve until May. Probably late May. Um, and then we're going to talk about Justin Ellis uh, being signed by the Ravens at the top. Justin, how are you doing, my friend? You're live from Manhattan, John Boy Media office. Yes, yes, I am live from... Manhattan from the John Boy Media office, still not using the actual recording equipment, but that's okay. Um, here, uh, drafted a fantasy baseball team today. We are going to crush the competition. According to the algorithm, we have the fourth best team. Um, so I am a fantasy fo- a fantasy baseball god. Um, excited for this mailbag. Pretty easygoing, light mailbag for you. And we also have, like Bobby said, Justin Ellis. Plus, we're going to be announcing North Carolina. We've been teasing it for a little bit, talking about it. Maybe it'll happen. It's going to happen. We're going to talk about it. Bobby Skinner, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I'm doing a little better because we have our nose tackle hole filled. Um, The Giants signed Justin Ellis, uh, who played for the Ravens the last three years, 31 years old. This will be his ninth year in the NFL. Uh, six foot two, 350 pounds. This was a huge need for the Giants. The Giants flat out needed a nose tackle. Their only nose tackle on the roster was David Moa. Like, that's how, you know, bleak it was. Danny Shetland's obviously gone and good riddance. Austin Johnson went to the Chargers. So this was a huge hole for the Giants and they got someone to fill it. Someone that Wink Martindale has given reps to and has trusted. You know, he played 35% of the snaps last year for the Ravens, 40% the year before. So someone that he trusts and has used on good defenses. As far as him as a player, the biggest thing, Justin, that he's going to do is he's going to eat up double teams. We'll talk about his other uh, aspects of his game and the fact that he has zero sacks and zero tackles for a loss the last three seasons. You know, but it, again, let's remember that these are vet minimum deals. So the the excitement, the the feel good about it is in that context of it's on a vet minimum deal and the Giants uh, need to be signing those type of guys. Um, but what he's best at is at that six foot two, huge 350 pound frame is just taking up double teams, and that's what he does. And what does taking up double teams mean? Does it mean he's having tackles for losses and blowing up plays? No, but it allows the linebackers to run free. It allows the linebackers to come up without blockers coming off uh, off to them. So and that is what Justin Ellis is going to do for the New York Giants. Do you think the nose tackle hole is filled? I mean, I look at Justin Ellis and, I, and my basic perception of the nose tackle spot with him involved is if he's the only guy that we add throughout the rest of the you know this this time you know this offseason then fine but I would also like to upgrade it if the opportunity is there yeah in the in the draft like it you know no one's this doesn't stop you from drafting anyone you like what you know if there's a nose tackle they like but you had to go into the draft with somebody here Somebody but you're saying, here. but my question, I guess the right, the better way to phrase this is if Justin Ellis is the nose tackle that the Giants have going into next season, you're not, ah, shit, the Giants are in deep trouble. Yeah, and obviously nose tackle is never going to be the at the forefront of anyone's brain when it comes to those type of things. But I did view, like, nose tackle and tight end were two of the most, gl- <coughs> and obviously right tackle were two of the most glaring holes. It's like you don't even really have guys to put at these spots. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and this year's draft class for interior defense alignment, I'm actually I'm getting through that. Today's going to be Friday, so um, I'm going to be finishing the guys that I want to look at for the interior D line. And it's actually quite a easy, quick group to look at because there's not 
a lot of guys like throughout the draft. There, you know, there's a good amount of you know you have three your your three four defensive ends or guys that can fit in in a four three if you run that too. Uh, but there's not a lot of like run stuffing nose tackles, defensive tackles that really are here. So in this year's draft, so we have Fidadrian Mathis out of Alabama. Um, Otito Ogbania is a guy that I like, Neil Farrell Jr. and John Ridgeway out of Arkansas. I mean, those are the guys that really stick out to me that could be good value picks on day two, day three. But that's really it. So um, I'm glad the Giants brought in a body in Justin Ellis, just in case they can't grab one of those guys. Right. So, and, and, and what he does best, again, is when they're double teaming, taking out those double teams, getting into guys' chests, and just, I mean, just keeping them from from getting off moving off the linebacker keeping them from getting any movement you know hopefully he can do what he did last year at 31 years old you know I think Danny Shelton was a signing that I thought was pretty good last year and then he showed up and was just flat out horrible you know like fell off the cliff of from what his play was um so you you always got to account for for that especially for a guy that's 31 years old but he's not going to play on like he's a two down player he's not going to play on third down I mean again he has uh, an in eight season, he has one half sack and six tackles for a loss. So, I mean, he adds you absolutely nothing as a pass rusher. Every once in a while, he'll be able to bull rush a guy somewhat into the QB's lap, but those are very rare reps because um, he just doesn't have the speed or agility to do anything as a pass rusher, and he's not going to come off the line and just, you know, jaw jack uh, offensive linemen and pass rush. And then even when they put him in one-on-ones in the run game, like he can flow with the play and stuff but he's not he's not blowing up he's not having like Dexter Lawrence reps you know like there's no there's not a single like oh my gosh look at this Dexter Lawrence rep. there's not a single one of those for Justin Ellis yeah. uh because he just doesn't have the 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 athleticism to do those type of things and that's why he's had zero tackles for loss the last 30 seasons yeah necessary needed um big boy 350 pounds big jelly <laughs> and uh, yeah I was going to talk about are we going to refer to him as Jelly. I like that nickname, Big Jelly. I like that more than Sauce. So you're not willing, you're uncomfortable calling a grown man Sauce, but you're fine with calling a a, a more bigger grown man Jelly. I think it's I am more comfortable calling fat guys the nicknames because I got no problem calling okay. Dexter Lawrence Sexy Dexy. Like I, I think it's if you're fat, I got no problem calling you whatever you want to be called. I get it. Okay, I'm down. Like, what's up, Big Jelly? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And then with Sauce Gardner, it's like, hey, what's going What's up, Sauce? Like, it's I quite hilarious. It, yeah. It's like, that's how he introduced himself to, to the Giants fan base. What's up, Giants fans? It's Big Jelly. <laughs> Looks like Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Big Jelly. Big Jelly's our guy. Welcome. Um, so, that, that was it. That Here's was the only signing since the last pot. So, that was, that was a, a nice signing by the Giants. Does he get a PPP? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. That important. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a starting nose tackle at this moment. You know, he's a third defense alignment, essentially, after Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. All right. Uh, before we get into the mailbag, this episode was brought to you by some special Cracker Jacks. Speaking of which, did you see that uh, Mile High is burning down? Uh, no. The Broncos Stadium? You didn't see that? Mile High? 
The Mile no. High Stadium. No, I've been I've I've had a busy day. Good God, you are on you are you are ridiculous. You, the Broncos Stadium is literally burning down. I'm sorry. I'm in a, I'm in an office where we only care about baseball. Okay. God, well, that's so. I, the only thing that's been on TV. annoying. The only that the only thing that's been on TV today is is freaking spring training games. It's on Twitter. I mean, that's the most annoying thing I ever heard in the world. And they're like, "Why don't you want to move to New York?" That's why. Um, but it was I I waited about 20 minutes. I kept on searching like. Uh, you know, mile high injuries, making sure everyone was safe before I started making like, like lucky, like um, oh, we're gonna that's burn why down you tweeted out. That's why you tweeted out MetLife next. Yeah, yeah, come on. It makes sense now. Catch up. Anyways, people who are gonna be incriminated in arson one day is David DeFeo or Dave DeFeo. You know that in in Spanish is of the ugly. Dave of the oh. ugly. But Dave's, Dave's, he's of the ugly group, but he's the good-looking one. Oh, gotcha. William Cargill. William. Clout Snipes, who's, uh, he's like the clout, he's like a clout Twitter account. Um, so how about that? That's his name. That is his Twitter name. Uh, Chris Bonomo, Geronimo, Brandon Racklin, Rackball, Rackham, Rackham. Have you ever seen the Rackham Willie uh, video, if you haven't watched? And then Ethan Kugelman. Googleman. Justin, who are these people before we send it to Steve? I have a Talking Giants mug, which love love the mugs. Talking Giants mug in the Manhattan office. And uh, I'm toasting to all of our patrons. Clink, patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Two hours a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us while we record the shows live. Twice a month, you get to possibly win a free shirt. And Bobby Skinner will send you some stakers, magnets in the mail. I progressively got into like a southern accent. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks for our patrons. All right, take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question is coming from... Patreon member, Wes Locke at Wessie Westigol's early prediction based on current roster, on the current roster, which unit will perform better, Dable's offense or Wink's defense in 2022? This, I feel like, is Mr. Brownstone in the chat knows Rackham Willie. Um, this is, I feel like, the most difficult question we have because I feel like you can go either way. I Am I crazy to say, and this is as the roster is now, so you can assume Bradbury's gone. Am I crazy to say the offense? You know? Yes. yes. Like, like, the offense has weapons. The offensive line is better. Um, now, it's as current roster without a draft, so they don't have a right tackle at the moment, so that could be a real, uh, you know, hole in my logic. But, like, Brian Dable's going to let this offense play. You know, this isn't going to be an offense afraid of – getting turnover. This is going to be an offense that's going to be trying to maximize and get as many points on every drive possible. Like that's what it's going to be. And James Bradbury is going to be gone. The defense right now, there's no edge presence. You know, your second safety is Julian Love and, and Wink Martindale is going to want to blitz and that's going to put a lot of pressure on this defense. I I have more confidence in this offense. Uh, I know as bad as this offense has been the last two years, like I, I honestly do. Yeah, I have way more confidence in the defense, and I think Wink Martindale is almost a more respected coordinator than Brian Dable. Would you agree with that? Yes, because I would. I would go back to what it is a fan. Ravens fans love Wink Martindale. They 
believe in him where Bills fans got frustrated with Dable at times and you have the Josh Allen effect. But also it's like, I don't, I don't know, like I I have more faith in, in Brian Dable than I do Wink Martindale. Right, and that's why he's our head coach. You know, so so that's that's the difference between those two guys is that one we're comfortable with, hey, Brian Dable should be head coach, especially because he is an offensive mind, quarterback driven, you know, quarterback mind. Um you know, whereas Wink Martindale's a defensive guy, and you know, there's a reason why he's defense coordinator, and he's not head coach right now. But I have more confidence in Week's defense, uh, and I'll just I'll start with the offense first. If Saquon Barkley's on the team, I don't feel great about that. Is Saquon Barkley forget being explosive? Is he even going to be efficient? Um, probably not. Um, how well can the offensive line gel together with there possibly being four new starters? Uh, can Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony stay healthy, and can Daniel Jones stay healthy for more than nine, ten, eleven games? Because th- that has been uh, that has been his trend the first three years is nine games, eleven games, eleven games that he's been healthy for, and then he's gotten hurt after you know he's been injured for the rest of the season throughout all of all of his first three seasons. So that's why I say Wings defense. Okay, but at the same time, if we're accounting for injuries. Adoria Jackson misses games every single year. We're, so we're an Adoria Jackson injury away from Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes, and Rodarius Williams being your corners with Julian Love as your right. starting safety. And and no pass rush presence besides Aziz Ojolari and Leonard Williams. Right. And if track record exists and if the precedent is going to exist from 2021, Wink Martindale without his corners is bad, um, whereas Patrick Graham without his corners wasn't the worst. So... That's that's the major like red flag right now. You can scheme around. You can raise the floor with good scheme on offense. With bad defensive players, it's hard to do anything. Yeah, I may um, be so like I may be so like affected by the Jason Garrett effect, the Jason Garrett experience, where I'm just so like the Giants' offense again. If they're average. That is like the best case scenario where I feel like the defense can still be an above average unit. I mean, they have good weapons on the wide receiver as on the wide receiver group. Not not a tight end right now. The offensive line, no doubt, will be better. And also, like with Andrew Thomas, like you can deal with bad offensive line play. But again, they're going to have some improved improvement on the offensive line. I don't know. It's maybe it's put me putting a little too much faith in Daniel Jones to be better under this scheme. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I, I'll say this for a fact. I'm much more excited for this offense going into this year than I am the defense. Really? Because I'm I'm waiting for Wink to get his guys on this defense. Mm. For the offense, I'm waiting for Brian Dable and Mike Kafka to bring their scheme to this team. It's it's it just really it does rest on the O line. It really it, it rests on the O line. But if Saquon Barkley is here, can he be efficient? Saquon will be able to do the, which I think is the most frustrating thing about Saquon is the not being able to hit the hole when it's tight and not getting those, those tough, you know, three, four or five yards. But that flaw goes away with some better offensive line play. Mark Wincy is a good run blocker. Feliciano could be a good run blocker at center. Thomas is a good run blocker. Um, left guard Shane Lemieux is when he's healthy, he's a good run block. I just, I think some of Saquon's, it's still always going to be an issue with Saquon, but some of his flaws 
um, aren't there, and you would hope there's a little more explosion out of yeah. them a year coming off the injury. Yeah, second year off the ACL. You know, a lot of the fantasy. F- I need to. I need to stop just saying that it's fantasy football data, and I actually need to find the fantasy football data. Um, that'll be a Saquon Barkley PPP conversation of second year coming off the torn ACL. You are like it is. That is career year numbers for a lot of players, like a la Dalvin Cook. Uh, a la Marcus Golden uh, experienced that with the Giants as well, except Marcus Golden has been able to kind of keep some good momentum in the NFL too, which is good for him. So hopefully say if Saquon Barkley's on the Giants, that's obviously what you know we're all going to be rooting for. But even like the advanced numbers where the, the rushing yards over expected, which that separates individual running back play from offensive line play and offensive line production. His advanced numbers for rushing yards over expected in 2018 and 2019 were really, really good. And it was like top, tops, topping the NFL. And 2021, it was just really, really bad. So we'll see what it looks like this year and if he's even on the team. All right, next question. Next question. Tim Coffey, is boxing our friend Nikki Snacks actually a good idea? Um, I don't like hurting people I love. But he did put me number three on his kill list, so I feel like a resolution of sorts is necessary, you know, for the children. So our North Tim Coffey's asking this because he's going to be on our North Carolina trip. May 27th and May 28th, if you are in North Carolina or hell, even South Carolina, if you're at that little south of the border town, which I love so much. Oh, I would love to stop by there. Uh, probably won't. We're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. There is uh, NASCAR will be in town that weekend. The plan, seriously, plan this. If you're in the, like, come have fun. We will do on Friday before the truck series race. We're going to go to the truck series race. Yep. We're going to tailgate outside of the racetrack. You know, me and Justin are going to get there early, set up. We're going to tailgate, have a good time, and then we're going to do a live mailbag show. So, like, you'll be able to join the show with us. You know, we'll have an extra headset, uh, microphone. To for you to come on and, and ask questions and talk with us. So it's going to be an event. And then Saturday, we're going to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, that's not like a, that's, you know, you don't have to go through that and then go out for drinks and, and dinner after that. But the main thing is showing up, show up Friday, like for our live show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, this was, I sounded really stupid pitching this to John Boy Media and being like, well, North Carolina for a live show, like sounded really stupid. So please don't make me stoop, look stupid and show up to the event. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to record a live show like at the track. You know, maybe even get like a a shot of Charlotte Motor Speedway in the background, do something kind of fun, and uh we're going to have a good time. Um so I hope you can join. Be come on the show. Like be a part of Talking Giants, be a part of an episode. Um and uh Saturday's going to be fun too where we go to the Hall of Fame and um go out, have a great time. And I'm going I'm even staying Sundays. Bobby's not staying Sunday, but I'm staying Sunday for the race and uh, the 600-mile race. I don't know what it's called anymore. It used to be called the Coca-Cola 600. So Charlotte, North Carolina, Memorial Day weekend. Come down, come up, come across, wherever you are. Come hang out with us, and it's going to be a great time. We need to figure out a way to get people to, like, we can do a head count beforehand, like giveaway for people to RSVP. We are also going to be selling merch. I'm going to be bringing down a shit prices. A shit ton of merch for cheap prices, and we're going to be selling it. So that too. So yeah, we were going to, we were thinking about doing tickets and having people pay to do tickets. Like no, we'll just bring some merch, sell it for good prices, and just come support uh, uh, Talking Giants. So um, come come have fun. I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to it. 
Uh, and North Carolina is a great state, and we have a lot of diehard listeners in North Carolina. Again, sounds really stupid pitching it to the company I work for. For me being in Florida and Justin being in Jersey, where the New York Giants actually play to do an event in North Carolina, but it's happening, people. It's happening. Um, so suck it. Talking Giants versus the world. Let's take let's take over North Carolina. Uh, and the truck race is a good time, even if you're a NASCAR fan or not. There, it's a very uncrowded event. We're all going to go down the turn one. You can bring your own booze into the event. By wow. The way. You can bring your own alcohol into the track. I was blown away when I found that out a few years ago. So we are. it's going to be a party and we're going to have a good time. All right, next question. Gazman. Superstar. Based on the very short sample size, what grade do you give Joe Shane so far? So I kind of hate the letter grade type of thing because it's like, it's like when we do like our, what percent do you think Daniel Jones will be QB? And, you know, I, I, but I'll say B minus. Um, and why it's one, it's dealing with a lot of, a very low cap space. So you're not expecting anything huge. Obviously, this offseason will be graded off of the draft. But essentially, you've added no long term pieces, you know, like Mark, Mark Lewinsky is not even really a long term piece. Um, so you've added no long term pieces. So you can't say A. Um, I disagree with cutting Logan Ryan. Uh, I would still like to see Saquon traded. Um, but the things I really like, uh, Bradbury holdout. I like that. Uh, getting Blake Martinez to take that massive pay cut. I like a massive pay cut for Blake Martinez. That's really big. And then these vet minimum, these small contracts, like I've basically, you know, well, we have a question about which one do you like, but I've, I've liked all of these small contract deals. Again, they're not long-term pieces, but with what they're dealing with right now, I've liked all of them basically yeah i'm giving it a b um i i really really did not like cutting logan ryan i think they unnecessarily you know created a hole and they created a position of need when they didn't have to you could say that tyrod taylor but you know when you look at the contract breakdown that that's not the worst thing in the world either and then there's one other guy that i'm not the biggest fan of but you know and i think that's a that's actually a question that we have later too so i give it a b a b fine just fine. Yeah, I thought that yeah, I thought that we would be in a little bit more of a better cap situation than we would be right now. By now, I mean they kind of are. It's, it's all hinging on the Logan or the James Bradbury trade. Because yeah. if they trade James Bradbury, they're at the cap number that Joe Shane had set. Um, and we'll talk about the. There's a Bradbury question that I want to talk about that in more detail. But they kind of are at what they want to do. You know, we went into this free agency saying, hey, like, let's add, uh, you know, uh, a five to seven million a year guard. We got that in Mark Lewinsky. You got uh, Feliciano as, as an offensive lineman, you know, backup running back, uh, you know, and, and Matt Breida, that, you know, that's a good one. So the moves they've made have been like smart moves. But again, you can't be over the top because it's there's no there's really no long term pieces. Yeah. Um, and again, this offseason will be graded off of the draft. This free agency will be have very little impact on the future, which yeah. is a, which is is a good grade in itself. You know, it's not going out and signing Nate Solder, you know, not going out and, you know, signing some average right tackle to a huge contract because, uh, you know, because you're afraid to take one at the top of the draft type of thing. Um, so, uh, so far I, I, I've, I've felt good about it again, nothing to write home about, but, uh, I feel like they're doing things the right way. If Saquon Barkley is traded tomorrow, then it goes up to an A for me. So, uh, just keep you know keep that in mind too. All right, next question. Yeah, Mark Breer. Speaking of the draft, 
Giants draft Neil Oroquanu at 5. Both Thibodeau and Gardner are available at 7. Who do you think the Giants draft between those two? Uh, let's not do who do you think the Giants should and who, do you who would we. This is such a tough question, man. Mm-hmm. This is such a tough question. Because those are two huge like cornerstone pieces right there at extreme like positional value. You can make the argument for both of those positions at cornerback and edge at you know, um I'm gonna say Kayvon Thibodeau, because you can sign some good corners in free agency. You have a Dory Jackson. You don't really sign good edges, especially good young edges in free agency. You know, good edges get locked up. You know, where you can sign James Bradbury, you can sign guys like Adore Jackson, um, but it, you don't. You're not going to sign Ed. So I, I would go Kayvon Thibodeau, but it's tough for me. Like Sauce would, uh, Maud Gardner would be a huge piece, and that you know, obviously, uh, Wink Martindale values that you know maybe more than Edge, but Edge wins you playoff games. Yeah, you know. Secondary uh, helps you have a a higher floor, good secondary versus good edge. But having real deal pass rushers win you playoff games because sacks are drive enders. They're drive enders. So when you're in the playoffs and you're playing against good offenses every week, you need to end drives. And that's what real deal pass rushers do. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau can be that. And that's why I would go Kayvon Thibodeau. But man, I don't feel like there's a wrong answer to this either. No, I, I, I don't either. And I haven't watched Sauce Gardner yet but I did get through the entire you know most of the edge class or you know the edge rushers that are worth looking at and man Kayvon Thibodeaux don't come out (laughs) they don't come out every year and uh the fact that if there's a chance that he could fall to seven I mean those players do not just grow on trees and they're not there all all the time for you um and getting that edge it does it, it changes the Giants I would be more excited about Kayvon Thibodeau draft night than Sauce Gardner I, I would. And, you know, like like Bobby said, uh, spending free agency money on corners is a move that I'm totally down to do. I said it in the, remember the offseason of, I think it was last offseason, Bobby? I think I said it as a joke. Spend 40% of your cap space on corners and then just draft everything else. Um, <laughs> it's not a joke. It's well, like cornerback bust at a higher, cornerback bust at the top of the draft a yeah. lot where edge... You know, you, may, you might see guys who don't pan out to be great, but they're at least good players. Where cor- top of the top of the first cornerbacks turn into bad players all the time. You got to be patient, and it's also being patient and having the coaching that tells the player, like, "Hey, you're doing this wrong, but still have confidence in yourself. Don't don't destroy yourself as a player. Don't doubt yourself." So there's all of that stuff too. It's kind of you know, it's similar to quarterback with the tough transition into the league for some guys. But Kayvon Thibodeau can come in here day one and have a, a good impact, and he can get even better. So I would be more excited about Kayvon Thibodeau if both of them are on the board. I think I would want him more. So yeah, so I'm going Kayvon Thibodeau. But you could probably bet on who they would they're going to take, and you could also bet on college basketball. So college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Bet on Miami, baby. I'm so excited. Miami's going to the Final Four. They're beating Iowa State, and they're going to beat Providence or Kansas or whoever. And then you know what? They're going all the way. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of 250 
thousand dollars in prods simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make uh the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers then track your results download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code johnboy bet five dollars on any college hoops team to win and get two hundred dollars and free bets if they do if they win you win with promo code johnboy this week at DraftKings sportsbook 21 plus restrictions apply see show notes for detail call 1-800-GAMBLER i miss saying 1-800-GAMBLER so i just threw it in there yeah it's tough Tough, tough, tough. All right, next question. Patrick Flanagan at Pat Flanagan 90. Why are you not allowed on yes, Bobby Skinner? Because media some clowns. I don't even know why I threw that in there, but I was just like, I thought maybe we'd mention that John Boy Media has joined Yes Network, which is kind of, I guess not joined Yes Network, but they're partnered, they're yeah, they're partnered, partnered. for content. Uh, with yes, they're not joining yes. They're not under yes network. They're just doing stuff with yes network, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the yes network is the largest and biggest local like sports station, or may even just be the lo- maybe not the largest. No, yeah, let's just say it's the largest local even station. It's not true. Just say it. We're in we're the country. Propaganda. We're with them now. Propaganda. Yeah. So. It's the largest and oldest station. It's like America, the largest and greatest and oldest country in the world. That's right. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. They're going to do some uh, fun things. Uh, I know Towing the Slab, David Cohn's uh, podcast with John Boy Media is also going to be on the Yes Network. Um, Simple Man Radio is going to be on there. Don't think so. Jim and Jake are going to be doing Yankee Game watch-alongs. So, if you're a, if you're a Janky fan, then uh, tune into Yes, and you'll see Talking Yanks, John Boy and Jake, and download the Yes app. Justin's going to smoke crack on the Yes Network eventually. That's yeah. going to happen. It's true. Like we especially were if I keep our goals weight. into existence. Justin's going to smoke crack on the Yes Network. Especially if I keep losing weight. I'm 40 pounds down. Dude, if you want to do that a little quicker, smoke some crack. Yep. All right, next question. Danny Pendergast at Kenny Pendergast. like that. It's probably like Pendergast, not the pen, pen your gast. Do you think it's possible we keep Bradbury? No. I agree. But here's the thing. They can hold this out a long time. They could essentially go into tra- go up until the start of training camp because again, the rookies don't re- most of the rookies don't sign until like the night before training camp starts, you know, cuz they, you know, there's waivers and stuff for, you know, the OTAs and rookie camp and stuff, so you know they they all usually like they they sign the night before before camp. You know we'll we'll get all the the signings and you know the beat reporters will all tweet it out like it's like they broke some news. Um, so they can hold this out, but I think it's I mean Dan Duggan said it, so I'm maybe going a little bit off of him. Um, but I I do think this is done before the draft. I do think they want to have a clear path, but part of me thinks like, hey, if they can't get what they want, like why not draw this out? You know why not wait for a team to see how their draft goes and if they're able to maybe you know maybe there's a team at eight or or 14 that's you know you know uh targeting Derek Stingley and he's not there um you know so there is ways to do it or you know someone gets hurt in an OTA like things happen so I really like that Joe Shane is not just cutting bait and getting getting that cap space get what you can for James Bradbury and there was even a report today that I think was legit. Let me know if it's not, and let me know if you saw it. That the Giants are actually willing to eat some of that contract to get him out. Yeah, Jordan went on. Uh, All right, All right there you go, friend, friend Jordan. 
So the fact that they're even willing to do that and so many guys on the beat have been so adamant about, yeah, James Bradbury, he's not going to be here. James Bradbury, he's not going to be here. I, I And I think it's it's mostly fans that are like, oh, it, can he stay? Can they restructure him? No, uh, he he's just, he's not here. Do you think they would restructure him before cutting him though? Because they did take on the guaranteed money by the, from the, you know, the start of the new league year, the two mil. No, I don't think they can restructure him because I think they already restructured him. I mean, him. extend so, him. Do you think they would extend him before cutting him? No, I'm just saying extend him just to keep him on the team. Oh. Like, you know, do, you, do you have any glimmer of like maybe that, that happens if they don't get a trade they want? No. Because if they don't view Logan Ryan as a scheme fit, they definitely don't view James Bradbury as a scheme fit. Right. Yeah. Like, James Bradbury is worse of a scheme fit than Logan Ryan. And Logan Ryan could have easily been, like, a pseudo-safety, a pseudo-slot corner, or even lined up at outside corner if you need. Like, worst-case scenario. So. All right, next question. Tommy Edwards at T. Edwards 89 We're flying through these questions. London-based fan here, which, first of all, here's another mailbag question that I got today. Um, if there is a Giants London game next year, are we going? You know, I've always said that, and now that that could be a possibility, I might have been just talking because that's an expensive trip. It is like that would be th- that would be something that I would feel a lot more comfortable doing twenty twenty three, and not twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's that's an expensive. Like, hey, can we go to London? And it's not really a huge ad content wise. I would love to. But it's, I don't know if we can, maybe we'll just pay out of pocket. I responded to somebody and I said yes today. So maybe we're, I'd we're, we're going to plan on it. And if 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 we don't, blame John Boy Media. Sweet at John Boy. Like you, True. Derp, you cheapskate dirtbag. Yep. Um, that's what you should do. Always blame the supervisor. That's what I was told when I was uh, an employee at other places. Um, London-based fan here from Tommy Edwards. Tommy Edwards is di- different London fan. That asked me that question today. Taking Bradbury out of the mix, who would you say are the best three players the Giants have, and who is the best prospect on the current roster? Andrew Thomas won, right? Yes. Who are your two and three? Leonard Williams and Xavier McKinney. I do have Leonard Williams on it, and people will get so mad at that, but I don't give a damn. He is one of the three best three best players on this team. I go back and forth between Adore Jackson and Xavier McKinney. Oh yeah, Adore, yes. You know, cuz like I've seen Adore do it for sustained period of time in the NFL. McKinney, it was basically like a nine game stretch where he played really well. Um but also you you got to project a little bit going into the future. I really struggle with that. But I'm going to just say since the one guy was my defensive MVP, uh, uh, or most outstanding was Adore Jackson. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Adore as the third one, but is there? But okay, so I but I did bow between him and McKinney. Is there any other could, like could healthy Blake be in this? Like I think healthy Blake could be in it, but he's not healthy. Where um, is where is Kenny Galladay? <laughs> um, I think Kenny Galladay is still a really good player, but I don't think he's at like at he's not at the level at his position that these other guys are. Um, Which is nuts. Like Galladay, no one on the O line, 
Saquon not at this point. If you would no. ask us a year ago, we would have said Saquon. Um, Brad, like you said, he, that's basically kind of it. Dexter Lawrence should be more in the conversation based on... But not as like the best three on the team. No, but I'm saying based on like how he should have taken a jump up from his 2020 season, but his 2021 was kind of a re- like kind of a really big letdown. Um, yeah, but I, I feel pretty confident in those four players, at least, you know, including a Dory Jackson in there, but you know, here's the thing with a Dory, a Dory Jackson, likely CB one this year. Even if you take sauce Gardner, um, a Dory Jackson is CB one this year. He had a really, really good year as a CB two, but how does that translate to CB one? You, you know played, what I mean? He was the cornerback one in Tennessee and he did all right. You know, he had good games versus guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, who's now a Miami Dolphin. So um, maybe, so yeah, maybe he hasn't fallen the, you know, he falls from the top three, but he's still a, a good cornerback one. Prospect wise, for me, it's Kadarius Tony. I mean, Tony can be a game changing player. I know Aziz Ojolari, yeah, you know, he was my rookie of the year, but I don't know if Aziz Ojolari is going to be a game changing player. Kadarius Tony can be a game changing player. Like, I'm so excited to see Kadarius Tony uh, with, with Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. Yeah, I was going to say, Aziz was the first guy that came to mind. I don't know why Tony didn't come to mind for me. I mean, I, I mean, I love Kadarius Tony. Like, I'm a big Kadarius Tony fan. Like, there's there's things that he can do that there's very few NFL players can do. You know, that's why, um, like, did I have other wide receivers ahead of him in the draft last year? Yeah, but it was like, but Tony can do things that nobody else uh, can do besides, you know, Jalen Waddle. Um, and even then, Tony can do, does things better than Jalen Waddle does. Um, obviously, Waddle's fast. Waddle's a better wide receiver. But I'm just saying, like he can do, he can really change a game. We've seen him do it. Um, you know, you know, and and limited sample size because of injuries and them essentially not using him the first three weeks of the season. But we've seen him do it, and we've seen him, you know, be like the main target. And and since that Dallas game, he's been the, he was the main target every time he was out on the field. I wonder if you would view Kadarius Tony differently if we had Brian Dable's offense last year. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in a good way about, or a bad way. I'm not talking about viewing Kadarius Tony as a prospect because obviously you just look at prospects as prospects, but look, view Kadarius Tony as a possible fit for the Giants differently. As in a good way or a bad way? In a, in a good way because Jason Garrett's offense is terrible with yards after the catch, and obviously. It, any living human being's potential is capped in Jason Garrett's offense. Yeah. <laughs> Except for like Sterling Shepard. Like Sterling Shepard's a perfect fit. Yes. All right. Read an ad. Read an ad. Today's episode is also sponsored by Manscaped. Splish, splash. I was taking a bath. I noticed I had beautiful balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leader in below-the-waist hygiene, they're turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Manscaped, they kind of got the impression, hey, our clients are usually manscaping in the shower, so let's give them all the other tools so they can make their shower experience complete. You can lather on the cologne-infused Ultra Premium Body Wash and Aloe Vera. You can can also apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that cleanses and nourishes 
in one step. And then once you're out of the shower, protect yourself from body odor by applying on the Manscaped Ultra Free Deodorant. You can also defeat dry skin by putting on the Hydrating Body Moisturizer Spray, which I didn't even know that they had. Every time we have an ad read, Manscaped adds new products. And also, if you have dry lips, there's Manscaped Lip Balm. So what I want you to do with all these products, go to manscaped.com, use promo code GIANTS and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. It's time to get wet and clean with your new Manscaped shower routine. Next question. Next question is coming from at Anthony Zaro. What is each of your favorite and least favorite free agent signings so far? So this isn't like best player or worst player. This is just like favorite signing. Mine's Matt Breida. I love the Matt Breida signing so, so much. I think he's a good player. Um, and you get him on the vet minimum. Like I'm, I love, love, love the Matt Breida. That is, that is my favorite signing. You know, I'm not the biggest. Mark Lewinsky was the most needed signing probably, but Matt Breida is the signing I love the most. Yeah, I'm going to go with Golinski. Um, fills that hole. Love that we got a guy that can really maul in the run game too. Because um, no matter how much I am a fan of passing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, Golinski as a run blocker and having that element say, hey, you know, go at, go at guard and you're set. Um, the Giants not being able to run the ball last year really, really, really did hurt their offense. And it did hurt their passing game too. So Glowinski is going to be my favorite. My least favorite, is, I would have to say, is Feliciano. Just doesn't doesn't do enough for me. Like, I don't want to go into next year as Feliciano as the starting center. I really don't. And it's looking like that's going to happen with everything we hear from about Gates. Again, I just need to press Gates one day and ask him, like, What's, are you are you playing or not? I, but I can't hate that signing because it's needed. Like, you may have someone you like more, but that's a needed signing. So, like, yeah. I, I can't hate that signing. Like, to me, that's the second... I think that's the second most important signing is John, John Feliciano, so I can't hate it. Yeah. Uh, and you look at a guy like, and this is really the only exception, you know, you look at a guy like Bradley Bozeman, you know, he was on the Ravens, he went to the Panthers. I mean, he has a cap hit this year of $2.7 million, um, and he's viewed as a very, very good quality player, and I, you know, would think that he's, you know, definitely a lot better than Feliciano, who's barely, who's been like a fringe starter the last couple of years, whereas Bozeman has been a starter, so... Um, that's the only gripe that I have with really, you know, my least favorite free agent signing so far. My least would be Jihad Ward. He just doesn't do enough as a, as a pass rusher. And it's like, okay, he can do a little bit when he's lined up inside, but it's like, how often are you going to be in that situation? Um, I think Quincy Roche should play more than him. Uh, I think they're going to draft an edge. And then also you have Ellerson Smith, who's going to be developing, Again, like Quincy Roche, out of all the signings, is the one that's a real free agency sign that I think cannot make the team. I mean, let's go through it. Tyrod Taylor gonna make the team. Mark Quinn's gonna make the team. John Feliciano gonna make the team. Ricky Seals Jones gonna make the team. Uh, Justin Ellis gonna make the team. Um, that's five. Matt Breida gonna make the team. Matt Gano. Matt Gano. He might not make the team, but we don't know. Um, but it's 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 there's. And then Jihad Ward. Did you say eight. Justin Ellis? Yeah. So there's one more. No, you're, I think you're good because you got Tyra Taylor, Feliciano, Glowinski, Ricky Seals Jones, Gano, Burita, Jihad Ward, Justin Ellis. There wasn't another one? Antonio Williams? <laughs> no. I'm talking about actual free. 
No, you're good. That's everybody. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Jawal Howard is the one that I can think may not make the team. Um, but again, it's on a vet minimum deal, so you, it's you're not mad at it. But it's the one I like the least. Like I, yeah. I probably would have liked some other vet minimum edge that's out there. Yeah. Again, I probably like the Feliciano signing the least because of what I probably know it means for the team next year. Is that yeah, he's the guy. Word up. All right. Um. Next question, then we'll finish with giant stores because we've kind of gotten off the actual giants path a little bit. So we'll we'll next question, and then we'll finish with giant stories. Uh, Mr. Brownstone, which player do you feel the fan base has disrespected the most? Saquon Barkley. People treat him like he's a bum. He got injured. Okay, he didn't pick himself to be drafted there. I def- to me, it's easy to Saquon Barkley, and I also think before he had these injuries, he was a baller. The guy had over 2,000 yards as a rookie. He, on a sprained ankle, had over uh, average uh, 4.8 yards per carry behind a, a horrible offensive line in 2019. Had over 1,000 yards. Created big plays. Changed games. He has added wins to this team, even though it hasn't been a lot. Um, to me, it's Saquon Barkley. And I want him traded, but I feel like Saquon Barkley has been the most disrespected player. I don't think... Like people don't... saying, like, RB2, and I don't, you know, there's, but here's the thing. there's a bunch of weirdos that you know, or go over the top with it, with the stuff. That's like, not a lot of people. There's not a lot of like, all, now I'm talking about a lot of people. Like if you go in the replies of the Giants tweets, you know, then you'll see R- Saquon Barkley, RB2, why are you posting this guy, blah, blah, blah. That does not happen often. I think it is a fraction of people that is frustrating, but, and I think it, people think that that's more. Without a doubt, disrespected meaning like, how, all right, how are we going to define disrespected? Like Whatever disres- you want it to be. All right, how about this? Disrespectful comments? Evan Ingram did not deserve the disrespectful comments. No, no, comments I'm talking about got. like disrespected as the level of player. Like he's like, no, not 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 just like disrespected on social media, like as a human being, just disrespected as like who he is as a player. I'll say Jones. I'll say really? Daniel Jones. Yeah. Because I think I think Daniel Jones gets a lot more hate than Saquon Barkley does, and I and if you're going to say Saquon Jones hasn't had a really, I mean, he had the rookie season, but that hasn't been good since. I just don't think Saquon Barkley is like I think Daniel I like, Jones is more disrespected than Saquon Barkley. But I'm talking about like players who have not the most disrespected and just volume of disrespect, because then it's Danny Shelton's fat ass or somebody. I'm yes. talking about for like undeserved disrespect. Like Evan Ingram had deserved disrespect, not Saquon not Barkley. Saquon Barkley does deserve criticism, but he does not deserve criticism for tearing his ACL. Um, he deserves criticism for his very bad twenty twenty one. That's what he does, and and not and not being more efficient than Devontae Booker. I agree with that, but people act like that's who Saquon Barkley. What like two thousand twenty one is who Saquon Barkley is. Two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen is who Saquon Barkley. is. Uh, is as a football player. And well, let's see happen. what happens this year because this is going to be the year that th- this is going to be the year. No matter where Saquon Barkley is, goes whatever. This is going to be the year that's, that that defines Saquon Barkley's career. You're on your contract year. Are you going to be the player that you were in 2021, or are you going to play, be the player that you were in 2018 and 2019? Yeah, but because Saquon was the number two overall pick and he's a running back, people treat him as a bad player at times. And, and I'm talking before this, before this year, you know, like before this year. Yeah. So I feel like Leonard Williams might be a good answer here. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like Evan Ingram's not to me is not a good answer because he was a bad player. Daniel yeah. Jones hasn't been a good player, so there's definitely some undes like he gets more hate than he deserves. But I don't think he's like the most disrespected because at the end of the day, he's the quarterback and he hasn't gotten it done after year year three. Yeah, we'll see what kind of player Saquon Barkley is because that disrespect after this year, if he has a similar kind of year that he did last year, then that disrespect that you're referring to, then it is like, okay, then Saquon Barkley just may not be that good of a football player. We'll see. I'm telling you, it was before this year. Like, Saquon, it's because he's a running back, because he was drafted number two overall, like, there is over-the-top, like, Saquon hate. that, And he's a good... Before this season, before this past season... Where he's coming off an ACL and then had another injury, he was an amazing player. Like not a good player, he was an amazing player. Yeah. Okay. So who's your answer? Um, I'll say Leonard Williams. That's a good one because he does not deserve any of it because he can't control how much money. I mean, I guess he can control how much money he's getting, but it's not his fault that Dave Gettleman just screwed up that situation terribly. Right. Yeah, I feel like Leonard, Leonard Williams was, would probably have been my number two. Because um, Leonard Williams, any time that he has worn blue, has been a good player. Whereas Saquon Barkley has this season where he has not been a good player. Okay. Um, let's finish off with some giant stories. All right, I have one more question for you. One that you Ask did it. not include. Um, at BRZPF1. How will Justin kiss you at Bobby Skinner? He won't. If uh, the Giants draft Evan Neal or Ikemi Kwanu and also get Kayvon Thibodeau, I tweeted out that I will kiss Bobby Skinner on the draft stream. And that tweet got over 1,000 likes. So, Bobby Skinner, um, that may happen. If that happens. And, I'll, and I was, when I say I literally shoot you, I'll, I'll literally, like, I'm bringing a gun to New York in case that happens. Um, and if I'm not able to get it through security, I will buy I will buy a gun off the street in New, in the Bronx with my people. They will hook me up. There you go. Um, All right, that's a mailbag. That's a mailbag. Giant stories. Play the freaking music. There's no music. There needs to be music. This is a this is a short week in giant stories. We'll find some more copyright music. O'Shane Zimenez was at a Wizards game at Madison Square Garden. James Gillian was at the golf range. Graham Gano had a one, those one-wheel scooters that are like in the middle of the scooter thing with the fam. I really want one of those. Ooh, Lorenzo Carter. He's no longer on the Giants. But he was on a boat in Aruba. Uh, Jabril Peppers was at Candlewick Diner. Sandra Plaskimer was playing top golf and then was at, at a ghost town. And then Ben Bredesen was at a curling club. Curling. Pretty boring week. And Lorenzo Carter, like, he's off of this now. Yes. Yes. Where did he go? Falcons? Falcons. From from UGA to the A. He's going to look good in a Falcons uniform. Wonder if he goes back uh, to an old number. I feel like the the single digit number thing, I feel like that should be reserved for just first round picks. I don't like Scrubs wearing number seven at linebacker. Hassan Reddick is wearing number seven. But what I'm saying, but do, do you think that would be like a good rule for it like you can't change it now no but I, I feel like it would be like only first round picks can have that number because then it's like okay everyone last year changed to these single digit numbers and stuff and guys that come out and you get drafted aren't going to have the opportunity at that like first round picks are were great players in college 
And so it's like, okay, it'd be cool to see some of those. Like, Kadarius Tony, obviously, one's retired for the Giants. But, like, see, like, players with, like, you know, numbers that are well-known keep those numbers. Like, Jabril Peppers would be one of them. But I just feel like, you know, these fourth-round scrubs who are, like, average safeties for the, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders wearing number four. I just feel like that's that's lame. Then Sterling Shepard wouldn't be able to go back to number three. And I think that is very, very That's cool. a shame. That's a real shame. But I don't care. Wow. It should be first round picks. Um, that's that's the that's my rule for it because it's just I don't know I, I'm not a big fan of everyone just going because again the the first year everyone changed to it and their those numbers are now taken up. Remember when Tom Brady complained that he wouldn't be able to tell what position people are? Playing? Yeah, that was so such a load <laughs> of shit for Tom Brady. Like, shut up, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, so, um. That's that. All right. I mean, Ben Bredesen curling, like, that's kind of interesting. I want to do that so bad. I, I feel like, you know, bowling, I'm into bowling. And why do I feel like bowling and curling are, like, similar? But they're, I guess, There's got to be some type of curling place in Jersey. There no, there definitely is. I know that I, I was actually having a conversation with some friends about this. There's, like, a waiting list at a place where you can go. And it's a multi-month waiting list. To, you take a group and you can go curling. Um yeah, so I really want to do that. Where was Ben Bredesen doing it? Do you know where he is? I think Michigan, because he was with other people who were his size. So I'm guessing it's for, like some former Michigan offensive College line. buddies, yeah. Michigan. I owe the Candlewick Diner a trip. Um, I've been on my diet, and I have not wanted to cheat. But the Candlewick Diner does have a lot of good healthy options. They just posted like a salmon on their Instagram story the other day. And I'm like, that uh, looks good. Um they're probably going to be catering day three of the draft for us. So um, I, I want to invite – it's going to be a Saturday, so nobody's going to come. But I would like to invite members of the John Boy Media office to have a meal with us and also hang out on the stream if they want to for a bit because day three is an excruciating day of the draft. Seven hours. I love it the most. But it uh, is – But it is. it's, but it's, 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 it's excruciating like in a fun You can't have like these weird Media weirdos – crashing it you know no i i would love that that's what i i want collaboration depends who dan rourke would be a he knows ball. nothing about the nfl draft that's but he is such a ball of energy he is so fun dan rourke is dan rourke is one of my favorite people like in the world he's a psychopath all right that's an episode Jolly Olive. Um, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Tuesday with our annual Nick Filato, uh mid-round prospect preview episode, which is a lot of fun. Already recorded it. Recorded. Uh, we talked about Damone Clark, who uh, is now injured. So enjoy it. Um, I tweeted out the list of players that uh, from the Talking Giants account that we're going to be talking about. So if you want to go prep for it, go check that out. Um, so looking forward to that. So we'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.